the lifeboat was brought about from a guy called Sir William Hillary. He petitioned for uh, an institution, a, a national institution, and, and back then, back in the early 1800s, he wanted it to be called the Institution for the Preservation of Life from Shipwreck, um, which is a bit of a mouthful, but it's uh, what we know today as the modern RNLI, the Royal National Lifeboat Institution. Hello, my name's Ed Christian, and I'm one of the coxswains at Douglas Lifeboat Station. The RNLI, I think, has changed me I wouldn't say it's changed me per se, I'd say it's developed me into the person I am today. I'm very thoughtful. I think about the consequences of actions. It's made me a very good commander. It's given me the ability to lead a team and for them to trust in my decisions. I suppose it's made me a very humble person. I don't go around saying this is what I do. If someone asked me in the street, oh, what part of what? what do you do at Douglas? I'd, I'd say I'm crew. I wouldn't say I'm coxswain. I'd say I'm a crew member there. And then when that conversation develops, then you could say, well, I, I'm, I'm a coxswain. I've done, done this for, you know, 13 years and um, I've been a coxswain for five. I wouldn't say it changes you, but it, it moulds you and develops you uh, for the better. Just like Sir William Hillary did back in the day when he thought about this idea and it moulded and developed um, to what we know today with over a thousand volunteers. Sir William Hillier was a notable philanthropist and a social reformer uh, born on January the 4th, 1771. Sir William Hillary's vision and dedication were instrumental in creating the, the standardised RNLI as we know it. He was from Yorkshire, he moved to London and then eventually he moved back to the Isle of Man, to Douglas. And he lived on Douglas Head, just, just down from where we are now. Uh, overlooking the bay and particularly uh, Conister Rock and he witnessed a couple of shipwrecks there and thought you know he needed to do something about it he also witnessed another shipwreck down south a little bit called the Racehorse on the Derby Haven Peninsula and thought he had to do something about it Forgive me, I don't know his name. There was a guy from Douglas who was with uh, Sir William Hillary in those early days, in the early 1800s. And they went out on a rescue on the Conister Rock. And they basically said to him, we'll give you some money or we'll give you some land for what you've done. And he said, no, I, I, I don't want the land. He said, I, I, I save lives whatever, at no cost to me. But it's like that, you know, we don't do it for any gain or anything like that we do it to help people and that's the RNLI's vision through and through and through it's it's not for reward or heroism you know it's just it's to genuinely help people when there's no one else to help them i joined the RNLI in 2011 i think it was a little bit of peer pressure from my family because my dad uh, was a mechanic on a station on a flank station here in douglas and my uncle was the lifeboats operation manager there uh, uh, he was the second coxswain, but he, he moved on in the role and uh, went into station management. So I guess it was it's kind of a natural thing to do. I'd always volunteered all the way through my uh, through my life, basically. I'd, I'd done different things, and I thought, yeah, this was perfect for me. And it, it kind of gets under your skin, and it becomes a bit of an obsession, more than a hobby. When I started there, I knew nothing about seafaring. I had no nautical background whatsoever, and the RNLI's training has got me through to where I am now as a coxswain. 
it's really nice to be part of such um, a big and steep history, um, particularly in Douglas. I mean, Sir William Hilly was, uh, he lived here. There's a statue on Douglas Head. He's buried in the city. Um, and there's a couple of statues around to commemorate him. And, and having my name up there, as well as other coxswains past, um, it, it's, I don't, I've never really thought about how, um, how it makes me feel. Obviously, very proud, very humble um, to be part of this huge history. The RNLI means so much to the people of the Isle of Man. Any lifeboat day, any, any event that the RNLI are holding around the island on all the stations, there's five stations here. Um, the, the turnout and the support from, from the public is, is immense. It, it, it's immeasurable. You know, um, a few years ago when the time class Sir William Hillary went uh, its final time down the slip, you could you could literally could not move on South Key. There were so many people there. It, it surprised us all a little bit. Um, and then there was a picture taken from... I think it was again from the mid 1800s of all five lifeboat stations, um, and we tried to recreate that, that image with uh, the time class leaving the service. Uh, and and as you, if you look in history books, you, you'll see there there was uh, Ramsey, Port Mary, Peel, and and Douglas there uh, in that, and it was a really really nice picture, very emotional day. Yeah, it, it means a lot to the people of the Isle of Man. The Irish Sea is notoriously a really, really rough sea. The Isle of Man is perfectly placed right in the middle of the Irish Sea to respond to incidents all around us. Um, I mean, our coastline's over 100 miles, 100 nautical miles, uh, and, and it's such a big sea area. I mean, my first shout as a coxswain back in 2019 was a 40-mile shout, way, way, way offshore. Uh, and it... It's almost like I, what it was explained to me like was a, a, a chap from the RNLI called Michael Vlasto who who said it was almost like an aircraft carrier and the Isle of Man can be used uh, for search and rescue assets to just fly out to wherever it's needed, north, south, east and west. Um, east, you've got the whole west coast of Cumbria. You've got um, the Lancashire borders. To the south, you've got Anglesey and North Wales. Uh, going round to Ireland, you've got Newcastle and all the way up as far as Belfast even, Port Patrick and North, uh, southern Scotland. So it's, it's a perfect positioning to have um, these all-weather lifeboat assets. I think Sir William Hillary would be very, very proud of the modern RNLI as we see it today. Um, as you know, the RNLI isn't just um, an asset that will go and save lives at sea. They've got um, international programs for drowning prevention in uh, third world countries. Um, they also have a preventative team that um, talk to the public about sea safety. They teach people how to swim in the sea, particularly kids around the swim safe programs. There's fundraising, there's um, there's work with fishermen, commercial fishermen. Um, and I think it, his original vision has become a global, um, a global phenomenon that 
other countries look at. Um, I know recently some of our decommissioned lifeboats went to Uruguay for to continue their life-saving work out there, and 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 I'm sure he'd be a very happy man if he saw the modern RNLI uh, today. Hello, this is Ruth Jones. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.